My name is Sina Makari, and you're listening to the weekly business news in 15 minutes. The point of this podcast is to give you the week's top headlines in 15 minutes or less. My goal is to make it easier for you to learn more about business, finance, economics, and anything else in between. Like every week, we have an amazing show for you today. But before we begin, I would just like to say please consult a licensed financial advisor before making any trades or investments. It's very important. So now that I can't be sued, let's jump into some stock market updates. The Nasdaq is down 2.38% on the week. In contrast, the S&P 500 is up 0.32%, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 1.94%. The Toronto Stock Exchange is also up 1.52%. So in general, not a, not a bad week for the stock market. Let's take a look at oil. Uh, West Texas oil is uh, up 2.90%, which is a very strong showing for the week. And Brent crude is also doing well at 2.6%. Uh, Gold is up 0.1%. Silver up 1.13% which is a great investment in my opinion, by the way. Copper decreased by 0.59%. Platinum decreased by 1.17%. Palladium, however, increased by 0.37%. So the best commodity of this week uh, is silver, which, I again, I have to reiterate, I think it's something that we should keep our eyes on. Uh, Jumping into cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin decreased by 0.44%, Ethereum decreased by 1.50%, and Litecoin decreased by 3.92%, which uh, is quite a bit. But uh, in general, not not, not the best week for cryptocurrencies, but let's hope that they bounce back. Now, some of the news headlines of the week, um, I'd like to talk about Huawei, right? Now, before we talk about Huawei, I think it's important to talk about 5G. 5G is essentially the next generation of mobile networks, or just in general, internet networks. Currently, if you were to open up the YouTube app or use Google Chrome, or maybe you're listening to this podcast right now, you're using a 4G network. A 5G network is essentially pretty much the same thing, except it's much, much faster, and There's a lot more that you could use uh, 5G for in terms of applications. So a good example of that, self-driving cars would need 5G because in order for them to drive, they need fast internet connections. And as a result, they, by default, uh, you know, would have to rely on it. And in addition to that, a very interesting YouTuber named Marquez Brownlee uh, did a video about 5G And he said that at some points with 5G, you're able to download an entire episode in HD of Stranger Things from Netflix in four seconds. So that pause that I just did is the same amount of time that you would have to wait to download an HD episode of Stranger Things. I think that's pretty incredible, to be honest with you. But going back to the story, uh, which, by the way, is is from uh, CNBC, um, 
the United Kingdom, or actually first, let's let's start with Huawei. Huawei is a Chinese company which creates phones which use essentially 5G, right? And they're also a very big company that contributes to the 5G network. So they're one of the leading companies in this technology. And initially, the United States and the United Kingdom, uh, as well as other countries too, were thinking about implementing 5G with Huawei's help. But that doesn't really seem to be the future. And this is mainly because there are a lot of countries, uh, well, specifically the U.S. Uh, the U.S. is very hostile towards Huawei because they believe that Huawei is a security threat. They believe that Huawei is trying to obtain information from U.S. officials and their citizens. Now, that's why it's essentially uh, Huawei is banned in the U.S. currently. Um, and as of last week, the United Kingdom has also said that they're not going to be implementing 5G with Huawei as a result of security concerns. And I find that this is very interesting because I think it's going to set the precedent for other countries like Canada and New Zealand and Australia to perhaps put pressure on Huawei. Now, why is it that people think that Huawei is stealing information? And why is it such a big deal if we know that Google and Facebook are already taking our information? I think that this is a very important point, which we're going to discuss right now. Huawei is a Chinese company. And in order to do any prominent business in China, you have to be aligned with the government in some sense. So you have to be part of the Chinese Communist Party in order to be, you know, a big successful company like Huawei. Huawei has government connections and there have been claims by some U.S. officials that they're just a branch of the Chinese government. So the way that some governments like the U.S. and uh, even the U.K. to some extent view Huawei is just the Chinese government. They don't really view it as its own single company. Now, whether this is fair or not, I think is a completely different conversation. And to be completely fair, is a very complicated one. Very complicated one. Because you also have to look at things like classified information, which I don't have access to, uh, which I think is more of a good thing, to be honest with you. But uh, in general, it's, it's a very complicated issue. But the fact is, as an investor, I think that it's worth looking at um, some of Huawei's competitors to see whether or not um, this is going to impact their price in a positive way. So a really good example of that would be AT&T. Um, so... That This is a company that's interested in expanding 5G. So, I mean, that's just an example, though, to be honest with you. So, it really just depends on which companies you think will be dominating 5G. As, to be fair, it, it is the future. And that is something that can bring profits to these companies. And with Huawei out of the way, maybe it uh, it will benefit investors quite handsomely if they choose the right company and the most effective one.
I now want to talk about uh, sustainable energy. And some interesting news came out this week that uh, the Democratic presidential nominee, Joe Biden, who is uh, going up against Donald Trump in the, the U.S. election this no November, he announced that over his four years of being president, if he were to be elected, he is planning on investing $2 trillion into sustainable energy. So this is, a, this is a, an article from CNBC. And the question, I mean, the details really aren't all there, to be honest with you. Um, we just know that the way that he plans on funding these initiatives are mainly going to be coming from taxing the rich and raising the U.S. corporate tax from 21% to 28%. So an additional seven points. Um, will the corporate tax uh, itself be enough? Probably not. Uh, probably not. But he's also looking at other ways of taxation, and I'm sure that there are other ways he's going to figure out how to pay for this. Now, assuming that all of this does work out, and hopefully it does, because I think that clean energy is pretty much obligatory at this point. I mean, we, we need uh, to invest in sustainable energy to combat climate change. But in general, I mean, I think if, if this plan were to go through as an investor, the companies that I personally think will benefit the most are Tesla and maybe Nikola. Maybe Nikola. I mean, I, I've talked a little bit about Nikola last week. I think that it's a promising company, but there's no doubt that Tesla will benefit very, very handsomely from this policy over the next four years if Joe Biden were to be elected and if he were to be um, sincere in this policy uh, proposal. So it's very easy to say that you're going to implement a policy and then not. Hopefully that's not the case because I think this is great though. But if it does go through, um, investors in Tesla, investors in Nikola, uh, I, could, I could definitely see them benefiting quite a lot from this. Our next story, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about, this is, this is a very strange story to be honest with you, um, some of the most powerful people in the world this week were hacked on Twitter. So the accounts of Barack Obama, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Joe Biden, uh, and Warren Buffett, just to name a few, um, their Twitter accounts were hacked and a Bitcoin scam was uh, tweeted on their behalf, um, or tweeted out on their behalf, rather. And this is a story coming out from TechCrunch. And essentially what the tweet said, uh, they, they basically directed the followers to send Bitcoin to a specific wallet address. And once that wallet address... Uh, attains that Bitcoin, they were going to send double the Bitcoin to whoever sent it. So in other words, if I sent a thousand uh, Bitcoins, well, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be very rich if I had a thousand Bitcoins. But anyways, if I had a thousand Bitcoins and I sent it to Elon Musk, he would send me 2000 Bitcoins. Unfortunately, many people fell for this because the scammers made $100,000 in total. Uh, so basically 10 Bitcoins. And Something was said. I mean, there, there, there's a bit of a point to be made. You know, 
if 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 Warren Buffett were to say something like that, or if someone hacked his account and said something, everyone would know that he's lying or that he he was hacked or something, because Warren Buffett is one of the biggest critics of Bitcoin. But there is a there is a point to be made about uh, about Elon Musk's behavior on Twitter, and maybe perhaps some of it could have contributed to this, because this could possibly be something that Elon Musk would do. You know, give me Bitcoin and I'll give you twice the, the amount back because he's kind of unpredictable on Twitter. And so it's not too um, hard to believe that he would do something like that. Maybe that's part of, maybe that's why some people sent their Bitcoin. We don't know. But uh, it goes without saying that we can't really blame anyone. We can't really blame a specific person. Um, this was clearly uh, a very difficult situation, and I feel bad for everyone who was scammed. Um, Twitter's stock actually went down, I think, about 4% after hours, but it recovered the next day. Um, so all in all, this was just a really unfortunate event. But we're going to end off this segment talking about Canada's interest rates. Um, they're currently at 0.25%, um, which is the same as the U.S., New Zealand, and Australia. Um, so in general, it's just a lot easier to... Or excuse me, actually, I, I should recount that statement. Uh, and we're, we're closing in on 14 minutes, so I'm going to try and speed through this. Um the American, British, Australian, and Canadian interest rates were about 0.25%, right? And, or currently are. And this basically makes it easier for people to take out money to uh, purchase homes, uh, start businesses, whatever it might be. So if you're planning on purchasing a home, maybe it's the right time to start looking into that. I'm going to end off this podcast talking about COVID-19, which is obviously not a positive way to end off this podcast. But nonetheless, it's the reality and we have to, you know. So globally, um, 1.6 additional, 1.6 million additional people were um, infected with COVID-19. An additional 38,000 people have passed away, unfortunately. And these numbers are accelerating which is incredibly depressing, but, um, you know, we have to, we have to make sure, we have to remember that we're still in a pandemic. We have to remember to be safe, but nonetheless, that's today's show. We're slightly going a bit over 15, but I hope you'll forgive me for this week. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of this and we'll see you all next week.